He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This, this is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome in on this Wednesday afternoon. A lot going on. Uh, we got a uh, full stack of stuff here. Hunter Biden's plea deal c- crashes and burns. Uh, he pleads not guilty. He was all prepared to plead guilty. And uh, we'll have details uh, about more of what was um, uh, not agreed to today. Uh, one report was that uh, if they had signed off on this deal, he could not be prosecuted for anything else they found him guilty of doing or any evidence that turned up. Uh, he was going to be immune from anything. And uh, the judge went, whoa, whoa, Nellie on that one. And so uh, she's given, I think, uh, 90 days to uh, come up with why uh, they should proceed as it is now. But right now, uh, no deal. And we'll get into more of that uh, coming up. Uh, the big news is that um, uh, here in Memphis, of course, is that the uh, water situation in Germantown, it looks like they're making some real progress. As you heard just a minute ago, uh, Bill Alexander with the news talking about 40% of the flushing of um, fire hydrants has been done in Germantown. And uh, they're going to have another emergency management meeting today at 4 o'clock. And about 4.30, they'll have the results of that meeting. If the tests that they've been doing today prove to be negative, meaning no fuel uh, in the areas that they're testing, uh, then they're going to give uh, section by section of the city the permission to go ahead and start flushing. And uh, they will be making that announcement through social media, television, radio. They'll be contacting us, and uh, we'll put the word out as well. But uh, if uh, your area is given the green light and you have not smelled or detected the smell of any fuel-type substance in your water, then you can flush all your system, and you start at the front of the house, uh, closest to the street, and work your way back. Uh, each, each bathroom faucet, uh, each shower, each bathtub, a jacuzzi until you get to the back of the house. Also, you need to clean out. You can go ahead and do this. Clean out your ice bin for all the ice that was made. Wash out your container that it dumps into. Also, uh, run your dishwasher uh, to make sure that uh, you get it, that cycle through. And do that for five minutes. Now, if you have smelled any kind of a fuel substance, uh, you're requested to do the exact same thing, but for 15 minutes on each of the devices. But uh, so hopefully uh, this thing will soon be over. I know everybody in Germantown is certainly ready for that. And uh, uh, we will be getting the word to you as soon as we get it. Uh, Also, be aware that the funeral service at Memorial Park for the fallen firefighter, Memphis firefighter, Lieutenant Jeffrey Norman, uh, is going on right now at Memorial Park. It really jammed up traffic on Poplar Avenue and and uh, as the procession moved in, and I just drove by the, the, the Memorial Park on the way to the station. It's just, just about a half a mile from here. And it's just packed with um, fire departments from all over the area, as uh, they do with the fire, with the police department, highway patrol. Anytime a first responder dies uh, in the line of duty, many times, if, even if they're not in the line of duty, just because it's a show of respect. Uh, but they will be. Uh, departing and when that happens it's going to be another 
another big traffic situation. I did see the Shelby County Sheriff's Motor Patrol, which were about 12 motorcycle officers, uh, deputies uh, leaving there and getting back on the interstate to head back out, I'm assuming, to the uh, Sheriff's substation in um, Arlington. Yeah, so be aware of that. Uh, but uh, our hearts uh, really go out to Lieutenant Norman's family and kids, uh, veteran of the department. And it turns out the fire was arson. And, uh, you know, why they were in the house, I have no idea. I, I've talked to some people uh, in in the first responder industry here in Memphis, and they said that, that the Memphis Fire Department is just very aggressive. When they go in to knock out a fire, they do everything they can as fast as they can. And that means uh, sometimes having guys go in, I just think if it's a house and there's nobody in there, uh, they should never be going in. And I don't see why you go on top. Just contain it and let it go. But uh, I'm not the fire chief. so. But I just don't think there's any building worth anybody's life. And I just hate to hear that. I mean, it's uh, somebody's dad, brother, husband, father. And uh, he's gone. Also, there were three other firefighters also hospitalized. I think only one of them is still in the hospital. So our prayers go to all of them because just because you get released from the hospital doesn't mean everything is Jim Dandy. It just means you get released from the hospital. And uh, uh, also continue to appreciate our first responders and tell them thank you whenever you see them because they do risk their lives every time they get in their vehicles and head out to, to answer a call. And that's, I, I am seeing more and more people pulling over when they see emergency vehicles. And I thank you for that. Because there's been times where people just continue to drive with the fire truck or ambulance right behind them. And, the, you know, you, you need to get over to the right until they pass through. And it's the law. And uh, just, there, you know, what the situation is with the police. There's just not enough of them to enforce it. But we all know what you should do. So let's just make sure that we do it and and uh, and press on. And, of course, uh, the other uh, news today is that uh, we'll all be feeling this. The feds raised the prime interest rate again. Now it's the highest it's been in 22 years. And they say that's not the end. They'll probably come out again. You say, well, why? I thought that the inflation was under control. The president said the other day things are much better. Yeah, well, they still spend more and print more than we could ever do. And until they stop doing that, uh, this is going to keep going. And, and once again, the uh, Washington is just, that's uh, uh, all I could do to watch the news, which is why I was so fascinated today on the uh, Hunter Biden hearing uh, before a judge in Delaware. And it's supposed to have lasted maybe an hour. It went on for three hours. And they said the longer it went on, uh, word was coming from the courtroom that uh, it was not going well for Hunter that uh, they were, uh, the judge was asking a lot of questions. Whenever judges start asking questions, that ain't good. And uh, so as it finally ended up, uh, the uh, judge uh, continued the case. Uh, they did allow Hunter to plead, and instead of pleading guilty and taking the sweetheart deal, he uh, pled not guilty. And... Uh, uh, Right now, the prosecutors say no more charges are expected. Um, some of the other headlines, chaos at the courthouse. Producers always in news always like to come up with these snappy little banner headlines. Hunter, yeah, uh, make things rhyme and come up with some catchy little phrase. 
but says the judge raised concerns over two separate agreements that the president's son reached with prosecutors, but the agreement could ultimately be accepted, even though she's raised questions. Hunter Biden pleaded not guilty on federal tax charges after a plea deal he struck with the government on rabble when the judge raised questions about the terms of the agreement. The surprise development came at a hearing in federal court in uh, Delaware in which Biden had been expected to plead guilty to two charges of failure to pay taxes under a federal deal that he struck with the government last month. Far from a done deal, he pleaded not guilty to those charges. Instead, until the two sides can meet and address the question posted by U.S. District Judge Mary Ellen Norica. At times, the judge appeared almost upset that she believed she was being asked to act as a rubber stamp on the deal. The parties will now reconvene at a future date to hammer out the terms and provide Norica with more information, which could be within the next six weeks. Now, without me saying I'll agree to the plea agreement, how do you plead, Norica asked Hunter Biden. Not guilty, Your Honor, he responded. Hunter Biden is expected to reverse the plea if he, the new government or the information presented to the judge eventually satisfies her. Uh, Narika, appointed by Donald Trump, pressed both sides about the terms of the agreement struck by the U.S. District uh, uh, Attorney David Weiss of Delaware, another Trump appointee who was kept on by President Joe Biden to oversee the case. She expressed clear concern about how two separate deals, one regarding the unpaid taxes, and another a gun charge, a possession charge, potentially intersected and her purview over them. Narika quizzed the lawyers about whether the gun charge would be diverted until Biden fulfills certain terms. The agreement would have been her act as an arbitrator, uh, an arbiter if the president's son violated the deal over the next 24 months. She expressed concern that the judiciary would not normally oversee such an agreement and that it was the responsibility of the executive branch to bring charges. Biden's lawyer, Chris Clark, explained that because of tremendous political storm and drain the surrounding the president's son's case, the element of the agreement would help ensure that it wouldn't become more politicized if the government in the future targeted Biden again. And the real thing that I think is hilarious, in a way, is that uh, under the current deal where he's pled not guilty, uh, he cannot uh, he can't consume alcohol. He can't consume any kind of drugs. And if the uh, pretrial uh, court decides they want to have him drug tested, they can have him drug tested any time in which he might be jailed because he's in violation of the pretrial agreement. <laughs> Imagine Hunter's face. Well, what does that mean? That means no drugs. <laughs> no drinky. <laughs> no cracky. <laughs> well, what am I supposed to do? Go straight <laughs> or go straight to jail. You make the call, which is the other thing I think is his biggest fear is if he goes to the pen, uh, guess what? They also have a, a strict rule against drinking and drugs in the penitentiary. So we got Bob Nay who's going to check in with us at uh, four o'clock. Um, Bob is a former congressman and he was uh, pled guilty to campaign violations and spent about 16 months in uh, federal prison. And he'll be able to tell you all about what the future may hold in store for Mr. Biden should he end up going to the big house and what this means to President Biden because uh, all the interviews they were doing while the hearing was going on and with a lot of Democrat uh, spokespeople, and they were all saying, well, this, if this goes badly for Hunter, it's going to be real bad for Joe because 
now all the other media are paying attention. They all called it the laptop was fake. These, these, the testimony was suspect. There's no real evidence. And all of a sudden, <laughs> the, the wheels are falling off. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk more about that. And uh, here's some sound coming from people reacting to today's court hearing. So stay with us. We'll be back. And welcome back on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. Uh, as I said earlier, a lot going on. We got uh, Vicki Gandy with Team Gandy in studio, just got here. And um, I was telling you earlier about the traffic at Memorial Park Funeral Home for the funeral services uh, for Lieutenant Jeffrey Norman, who perished in a house fire last week. Uh, tremendous traffic in the area there right now. They're in the uh, the funeral uh, home out on the grounds, but they'll be leaving shortly, so I would avoid this whole area. But Vicky was just driving up and says, traffic, traffic's bad out there. It is. It's insane. I, I, you know, And I wanted to say as a public announcement to folks, please do not come in off the interstate and cross three lanes and turn left in the driveway you know, within three feet, because this lady did it just now, and I, she, I had to slam the brakes, and, of course, I'm such a redneck, I'm shaking my fist at her, and I'm thinking, on the car, in front of my car, says, Vicky Gandy, Cry Lake Realtors. I'm like, going, get out of the way! <laughs> so maybe so mad, I almost hit her. Well, if you think that uh, your little warnings could do any good with Memphis drivers, yeah, we <laughs> voted the worst drivers in the country. Yeah, I just met one. And uh, it, they do. They cut across three lanes of traffic, and and then they, beside, they change their minds, they go back across three lanes of traffic. <laughs> Yep. So you've got to be very, very careful. Uh, I know that uh, I just gave kind of an update on the water situation in Germantown. You are uh, a resident of Germantown. Not I, only have you not had water, you haven't had electricity. <laughs> and you have roof damage yeah, from the storm. Yeah, well, we're just, you know, we're just going for all of it at the same time. It's been it's been interesting. I will say Germantown's working hard. Um, I'm not, you know, it's, it's funny. People expect everything instantaneously to be fixed and this is a process and they have to understand you know and and they're not just dealing we're not just dealing with our government we have other people coming in we have federal agencies you got state agencies you've got all kinds of inspectors that come in and they're all doing their job they are and 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 i feel so sorry i mean i i I texted mike and just said hey you know we're here he goes oh this is just absolutely horrible and we're just trying our best and i know he is but he can't do anything right i mean that's just the way it is people are you know they're uncomfortable it's not fun it's not and i just was walking out i was filling up my glass and i turned and hit my fridge and started going with my fridge water oh crap you know and i had to dump it out and then pour go get the bottled water and pour you know and you're brushing your teeth and i'll watch and i have to stop myself it's just it's not easy but well, it is. Uh, we are all very used to our creature comforts. I was saying yesterday, that's one thing I go camping out for is to help you appreciate everything we have. Well, we've definitely camped at our house. You have. <laughs> it's been because our generator died. So we were like three days with nothing except for a fan and we made it, but it wasn't fun. You know, I don't, I'd rather prefer to, you know, have it in the wintertime. Wintertime's easier. It's just so much easier. I well, can you can do... always put on more clothes. Yeah, exactly. But you can only get so naked, and then you're just naked. And yeah. uh, so that's the end of that. You just see, I just, I just saw a flash of something that ladies, some lady standing on the San Francisco Bridge shooting at people standing there naked on the bridge. I she, just... She's naked shooting at people? Yes. <laughs> well, I guess you're not, they're not going to be tackling her. <laughs> 
I don't know. I, I mean, it's not funny. It's, it's tragic. But I'm like, really? You know. Well, it's uh, it, it, I, I've covered some of those events where they say the naked person going down the street. And you think, well, that ought to be interesting to see. It is never interesting to see, I <laughs> promise you. These are not the people you want to see. Yeah. And, and, and it's a form of abuse, and it's abuse on the, the general public. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did tell everybody, though, that. There is another emergency management meeting at four today in Germantown, and they'll be getting the results back of the latest tests. And what they'll do is they'll go zone by zone, and they'll tell you what a zone consists of. And if your zone is the first one up to start doing the flushing, uh, you'll do it. If you didn't smell any fuel, you'll flush for five minutes all of the faucets in your house, uh, the bathtub showers, uh sinks uh, di- dishwasher run your dishwasher also clean out your ice maker and your water you'll run the water through your water maker on your your refrigerator for five minutes if you did smell it at any point you need to do all the same stuff for 15 minutes oh wow yikes and can you imagine hold a little glass in there for 15 minutes <laughs> Yeah, especially on your refrigerator. I mean, you have to hold a bucket under there for a while. I just, I just got a message from somebody uh, that said that uh, Trending just uh, ran the dishwasher and now a load of clothes. I'm getting off this train. It's beyond ridiculous. It's, yeah, we have been washing our clothes. I, just, yeah. I haven't been using Downy. We're kind of checking the water, and it's not. we haven't had a scent. Which Todd, my husband Todd, said he smelled a little bit of uh, gasoline smell like the first day we haven't but we've also run you know we've run run the water oh, a lot for a of stuff through there yeah. yeah i talked to a friend of mine chuck baker and he said they did have a smell it smelled more like kerosene than mm-hmm. than diesel fuel i've heard that too um but i remember i used to work in the oil field i'd come home and be covered with oil oh yeah and uh i would hose off in the backyard much to the delight of my neighbors i'm sure <laughs> and then i would go in and take a hot shower but if you get covered with oil it's oil and so but there are some things in diesel, because I know my son had a diesel pickup truck, and there's this uh, additive that you have to mix with diesel as part of the EPA process, and that's the stuff that's really not good for you. Of course. So <laughs> what they say is good for the environment, ain't necessarily good for us. So, uh, But it's uh, hopefully we're nearing the end of this. The good news is uh, there's I, haven't, I don't see any storms coming um, for the next number of days. Oh, it rained today at our house. Well, we, but it just like sprinkle. I know. No, it was more than a sprinkle because the roofers were driving up, and I was like, oh, great. They're going to say we can't fix your roof. But they did. They stayed, and they got they stayed up there, and they, <laughs> they just laughed. I mean, they because they, they literally just put the roof on three weeks ago, and then they were, they were like, taking the tarps off that we had. We're back. I know. <laughs> uh, well, there is uh, some rain that's up uh, around uh, Detroit, Toronto, but that's a long way from here. And, uh, of course, it would rain more at your house because you of got course, holes in yeah. your roof. So. <laughs> but it's it's fixed. They they worked all afternoon or morning, and they've got it done. So we're just, we've got to touch up paint and some, all the, that damage the fence and the facial board. And all that. We come back, we're talking about uh, what really helps sell a house as a team. And we're talking about that and the fact that if you've got a home generator that's hooked up gas, talk about helping sell a house. We'll talk about that, too. So stay with us. We'll be back. And thank you very much, and welcome back on a uh, Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Vicki Gandy with Team Gandy, a uh, cry-like realtor and, and good friend, is in studio. And we were talking just about uh, the Germantown water situation and the Germantown storm situation and the, 
It's, it's Germantown is really. I mean, Bartley got hit hard in all the storms, uh, other parts of Memphis, but Germantown has just had an uh, exceedingly difficult time over the last couple of months, really. Yeah, it's been going on. We've had some storms, a lot of trees down, a lot of limbs down. We, you know, a lot of fences. Like our fence was part of a big section of our fence, and of course, our fence is really old, and we were like kind of trying to replace it section by section. So. And unfortunately, you got the good section. It didn't get the crappy section. So we're like, yay. I know. It's like, let's go with the good stuff. But it definitely, um, it's been, and we had one tree that literally, that storm, when it came through that last one, it literally snapped the top of the tree and dropped it. And my husband was going, where did this come from? And he looked up and went, oh, there it is. And it blew. It's amazing how far it blew, how heavy that piece was. Luckily, it didn't hit anything. It just hit the yard, but um, didn't take out a little bit of fence, but nothing, nothing major. But I'm like, wow, it's, it's. That tree's been there a long time. Well, and a lot of these have. That's the thing that you look at the force of the winds. They're not uh, like just some of them are uprooted, mm-hmm. but other trees are just like Tuffalo's on Houston Levee snapped yeah, in half. Like a twig. Yeah, and uh, so it's uh, some significant force. But we had Joyce Sullipick on the last Friday, and he said this is all part of La Nina, which is uh, that comes out of the Pacific Ocean, and the hugely hot temperatures coming inland. And as the, the heat's up the atmosphere, then a cold front comes in. Mm-hmm. It dropped that uh, front that came through a couple of weeks ago on a, on a Monday afternoon. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, it went from 100 and something degrees on my car. We were coming back from Texas. We got to Germantown, and the storm, we drove into the storm, and it dropped it to 100 and something degrees to 68 degrees. Yeah. Boom, like that. And that's where the, the really violent uh, weather takes place. It's scary, no doubt about it. It really is. But the thing about it is, life goes on, and you, in between everything else you're doing, you're, you just sold a house right in the middle of all this. Yeah, I have. I, um, I've got one that's in Bartlett that uh, was an very unusual house. This gentleman was uh, is a friend and uh, friend and his wife, and then this was her father, and he passed away a few months ago. And they was he was a handyman. I mean, had gosh, the guy could do anything. He was truly a. a so you're saying he's nothing like me. <laughs> I mean, he was, he's a craftsman. And so he had a two car garage and he had another two car garage and he had a generator of full fledged Kimmins or Kimmins or, uh, well, no, it's Cummings, 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 something like that. Kimmins is a diesel truck. And it, um, and it was automatic, did everything. And boy, so I I decided I took a picture of the front of the house and a couple of pictures and there was a generator, you know, and I I started it with no more power outages and (laughs) I had 43 people come yeah. through that open house. Yeah. Now, a lot of older folks is interesting, and I made a lot of friends, but I think we ended up with five or six, probably more, five or six good offers, and then a couple of the you know, wacka, wackadoodle offers. The thing yeah. is, uh, they, they gave, cost you anywhere from ten to fifteen to $20,000. Mm-hmm. And this was a really nice one. And he had a lot of neat things. I mean, he had put it with those awnings that come out, and then, like if you have bad weather and the wind comes up, it automatically re- retracts, and... He just, he just, and it was not as, you know, wasn't, it was updated, but not, it's not lately. It had been a while, but it was in really, really good shape and well, well, well cared, I can't even talk, well cared for. So we decided uh, to list it. And this is the one thing I, they listened. They did what we suggested. We listed it a little bit lower than they wanted us to. But the nice thing about that is then people jump in and they, 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 oh, I can they raise to. it up. Yeah. We ended up, they went a good bit higher and um, ended up making some good money on it. Well, and I think that if people do listen to it, especially if you've got an experienced real estate agent like yourself, because you've seen things, how it works, and human nature does not change. 
No, and the thing is, people think, oh, well, I need some wiggle room. No, that's not the case. It's always better to price it lower and let people get excited going, oh, I can go a little over this, and then somebody else will come even higher. And um, and so, so many times, let's say you want to list your house for 350 we may say, let's no, let's look at 325 and they give us a look. I said, let's try that, because I think we're going to get it. And if we don't get it, that means your house... Isn't worth it because people aren't going to pay. Their people are going to pay what they feel the house is worth. Well, it's like when you go buy a car, they go, "Okay, this is what the price of the car is." They go, "Okay, great." You go, "Now, do you want wheels with that car? <laughs> go, an engine?" Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, it's going to cost you now. <laughs> but by then, you've already sold yourself on the car, and so you go with it. Yeah. The and but also we talked about the team effort that you employ when when you do market a house. Because it really does, you got to get the house ready. Right. There are certain things that you need done, and you have a team of people that know how to do all that kind of stuff. We do, and that's what we tell people. Please call us. I mean, I have people calling me uh, saying, I'm not moving probably for at least a year, but I want you to come down and tell me what I need to do. And I just did that last week. Went down, spent about an hour with them, walked around and said, you know, paint this, paint this. You know, the thing is like neutralized. You don't have to go with gray. You can go with a, you know, tannish brown or whatever, but something really neutral that just will go with most everything. And a lighter color. You don't want to go dark blue or dark black. You know, that's part of the, that's a color. Purple is coming back. I don't want to see a purple no. house. And this is just not, but. Well, I, if you'll, if you'll just look at any kind of magazines are out, you go to the store and look at uh, any of the magazines that talk about interior, interior design, everything is light. Furniture's well, light. It's changing cabinets though. Are, oh, it's it is? changing. Yeah. That's, that's the new thing. The Vesta home this year, they had a black master bedroom and bathroom with black and so it's it, they're trying to go dark because you know, they have to they got to change because they got to sell more things but but we are we're in the south we're a little behind which is good and then also people prefer a lighter color it's easy paint is cheap and i tell people just do everything light and then pick out neutral tile mm-hmm. and things like that you, if you want to color paint your wall and but not when you're selling not when you're selling yeah. your house and and so that's her, and this was nice because they needed to do some work on their bathroom and they were going to gut it to the studs and i said no 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 let's paint these cabinets let's replace this countertop and let's get some new fixtures and new light fixtures and that's it your your shower's good you know your tub is good i was gonna ask you about that because everybody talks about upgrading their kitchens and their bathrooms but people have a tendency to want to do that themselves and pick out exactly what they want and so my question is uh, and there there are a number of ways of doing it a lot of times people move into a house and it has uh, you know, the the countertops are pink or something that's yeah. really aged. Avocado green. <laughs> yeah, but there, there's stuff you can come in, they can colorize all that stuff, and it totally modernizes it without having to put marble in. Well, you can. There's been there's some people that can do that. Uh, it just matters on what we're doing. I know the house I sold in Germantown, just down from me, it was a, it was a 400, almost a $500,000 house, and they had a backsplash that was white, basically, but it had like one tile with flowers on it, and, you know, it was just really dated. So what we did was we bought, I had my contractor come in and he used some kind of like epoxy type paint and painted the whole thing white. And I said, okay, let's just try it. Let's see what it looks like. Worst case scenario, we, you know, we, there's, it's not going to cost you anything for paint. Mm-hmm. And they did it and it looked so good. We sold it and they, and they got top dollar. So it's, it's something, certain things you can't know. Sometimes you have to, you know, you have to spare a little bit because it matters on like if your sink's an old sink, it's above counter, you want the undermount type sink and a few things nice so sometimes i'll say let's do a you know do a quartz not as expensive type and then do an undermount sink but paint your cabinets leave those alone 
and you know do a few things. Um, that's mainly it. And replacing a cooktop is not that expensive either. And see, but I think that's where your experience really pays off of them. Uh, even you could even do as a consultant basis coming in to help people's home and say we want to remodel. Yeah. And, oh, I did that too. And because it, just to tell them what do I do it with granite? Do, do it with marble? Uh, who's the who's the best person to go to? Because the prices are all over the place on marble and, and granite companies. Well, we do. We have stagers, we have, you know, decorators, we have all kinds of workmen, plumbers, air conditioner people. We have everything pretty much. Um, that's one good thing about the Acrylic Advantage. We have we have a network of people that we can use, and a lot of them I've worked with for a long time. That makes a difference. And so, and the other thing too, I had a person come in and they were getting ready to spend a hundred thousand dollars on their kitchen. And they were only going to live there for two more years. And I said, no, 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 go pick out. Don't You don't have to pick out the, you know, the, the, the high-quality top of the line. Pick out something in between. It can be. And so we ended up with something a good bit less expensive. And she wouldn't have gotten the money out of the house. No. I mean, there's no way. And that's what's so frustrating is somebody spent that money. And then they look at you and go, well, I need to get 75000 out of just the kitchen. And you're like, no. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. Know. <laughs> well, you know how they always, uh, y'all always bring in cookies when you have an open house? Oh, yes, always. Here's my suggestion now. This is an earl. Okay. Is uh, get a smoker, put it out there, and put your a Boston butt on. <laughs> and when all the guys come in, they go, "Man, this is great." <laughs> have some beer, and then there you have go. Some beer, <laughs> on some music. Get a wading pool if you don't have a pool. We're talking with Vicky Gandy, Team Gandy. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk some more about what does uh, seem to make sense in buying and selling houses right now. So stay with us. And welcome back on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, once again, the uh, city of Germantown is going to have a um, another emergency meeting in about 10 minutes. And then they should have an update they'll be putting out on social media on uh, what their latest uh, testing has resulted in. And hopefully they'll be uh, getting some areas back online and uh, the nightmare will end. Uh, they're going to do it uh, kind of a district at a time, and they'll they'll be telling you where they are. So it hasn't happened yet, but we're all hopeful that it will happen. Uh, Vicki Gandy, or Tim Gandy, uh, Cryolike is with me. And we were talking about the fact that, you know, people ain't happy, and I certainly understand. I wouldn't be happy either. Uh, but they're all, I've heard all these people say, that Germantown's just terrible. I'm leaving. Well, <laughs> This ain't the time to leave. They're going to get the water system up and running, and, it, and you've got a brand-new water tower, Yeah, and they're going to make sure this doesn't happen again. And so it's like anything else. Stuff is going to happen. Well, and the new water tower will be in functioning soon. They're just It's it's ready to roll, my understanding, but they just are trying to get all the inspections signed off on, and you know that takes probably forever, you can imagine. But then once they do that, then they'll they'll probably shut down Southern and, and do more work on it. Mm-hmm. We have not. I had a meeting, Leadership Germantown, um, I'm an alumni. We had a meeting with one of the representatives several years back, and they've been trying and trying to get a new water tower, and nobody wanted it anywhere. Like, nobody, well, I don't want it here. I don't want it there. You know, and it was, so they finally, you know, they were just, they made a great presentation. He talked about how the water had um, they had they had a crisis, and I, I, I'm just kind of remembering, so it's not necessarily totally accurate. But apparently, it was a morning, and it was the summertime, I think, because everybody was running their sprinklers, everybody was taking a shower, and the water table or whatever you called it got so close to the point that once it gets to a certain point, they can't catch back up. Mm-hmm. It was getting really close, and then luckily, it got to be 9:30, and people were going to work, and so they were able to get it to refill. But he said, "We have no backup." We, yeah. And that's why we need another tower. 
because we would literally just you'd have no water at all. At least yeah. we may have not have water, but at least I mean we have water. It's just it's not exactly clean, but, but they <laughs> have got nothing. And um and he said that's why we need this. So they ended up putting it over there on Forest Hill, and it's it's going to be great. I know it's it has Germantown on it, and it's it's fine. It doesn't bother me. I wouldn't want one in my backyard, but um which there's a couple of people who live over there by the old tower, and that, that you literally you, look, you walk in these. Six hundred thousand dollar houses and look out and there it is. But yeah. I mean, they're fine with it. But it's, it's like anything else. I know people that live along yeah. uh, in Germantown along the railroad. Track. Oh yeah. And you, when you first go visit them, it was Ron Olson and Vicky. Yeah. And the train goes by and, and you go. You first you try to talk, they realize you can't talk. <laughs> so that's when you go make another drink. Yeah. Is, is when the train goes by. Uh, I was going to say that people complain about this, but I've lived in Mexico, and you don't drink the water in Mexico. <laughs> I don't care when it is. Right. We had a, a boiler that we started with newspaper and, and wood. That's what heated it. We didn't have water heaters. Oh, wow. Uh, go drink the water in New Orleans and tell me what you think. <laughs> I grew up in West Texas, and there, there were so many minerals in the water. You had to buy these things called water softeners. And everybody had those out behind their house that looked like big oxygen tanks. Oh, they had those. They still had those in Prattville. Yeah. Not Prattville. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm talking about Montgomery. Um, they still have those, you know, out in Fayette County. You'll see a lot of houses with those. So there's a, you know, it's just, as I said earlier, we all get used to having things the way we want them. Uh, and that's why I, you move to Germantown. That's why I live in Collierville. And uh, you get used to it being that way. And then when it doesn't, something happens and it interrupts the good life. Uh, you ain't happy. And <laughs> well, it is getting old, no doubt. But it's it's. Uh, but I would rather wait another extra day and have it done. I'd hate for them to get it and say, "Okay, it's done." And then, oh wait, no, yeah. never mind. You didn't drink water last night, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Those of you who did go get some Pepto Bismol because <laughs> you're not going to be feeling well. But no, it's definitely it's definitely an, an it's an inconvenience. I've almost I've almost pulled I poured water out of my fridge about four times because I get water all day long. And I have to stop myself and no, don't drink that. But well, and, you know, and there, I've heard some people say they're going to do all the flushing and do all that. They're just not going to drink water out of the tap for maybe a week or so. Yeah. Just let it run. You yeah. know, you can bathe in it, wash your clothes in it. But if you feel better, because the last thing you want to do is is not feel good. Because and one thing too, somebody said I thought that was a great advice. Go ahead and order a new filter for your wa- for your wa- uh, water line on your refrigerator. Yeah. I ordered one yesterday and sixty five dollars. Yeah, little thing this big. I mean, wow. And then it, no. it's tough to get out. You get, yeah, the worst part is getting out of your hands and knees to put the thing in. And <laughs> it's like a need a little help over here. <laughs> help putting it in. No, help me get up. <laughs> yeah. It, Ours is ours. The bat we replaced ours one time, and I pulled it out, and then all this water starts pouring everywhere. And I'm like, "How do I stop this?" And finally, my husband had to come in and just shove the thing back in there and stop it because it wouldn't stop. You I'm, know, uh, when we had to have our floors replaced because we had a, a leak in a wall, yeah, a water line. And I said, "What's the biggest cause for water leaks in a home?" He said, "Ice makers and water in." Oh yeah, because I go into the hot water line. Yeah, and so they said, "Your your best thing." He said, "I tell everybody." disconnect your water from your refrigerator and and buy ice at the grocery store and put it in your freezer and uh that's so we that's what we did we got no ice makers and, really uh, yeah because i know people have bars and ice makers they're always either going out oh, or they leaking leak. they yeah. do. They and do. so uh, another hint uh, but what we're talking about just to, as far as upgrading homes and everything because right now these went up on interest rates a quarter point uh, to 5.50 and that's the prime, of course, banks are going to charge even more than that, depending on who it is. Uh, credit unions might get a better deal, but 
it's still a better deal than it was 22 years ago. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the banks are, I mean, a lot of the banks are competing for your business. Like I said earlier, they, they're, they're buying down rates. They're offering buy downs. And some sellers are saying, Hey, I'll pay, I'll pay about a half a point. If you buy my house, I'll pay a half a point, you know, instead of towards your closing costs, we'll buy your rate down. That's even better because it's a longer yeah. term things. And, and so we're, we're seeing all kinds of things. We, we make it work. It's just, it's just an adjustment. I've been doing this 16 years. You know, I was in, I started when everything was insane. Um, everything, all the people were bringing thousands of dollars to closing just to get their house closed because they were upside down on their pay and their, you know, their sales price. So couldn't get it. So it's just, it's just part of it. But, and that's a good thing. We've seen most everything and I can pretty much tell you what's going to happen. Not always, but as a rule. And, and that's why we're a little bit, people are a little struggling because last year everything was selling so quickly and higher priced, but it's still, we're still getting high prices. We're still getting multiple offers. It just matters on the house and how you price it. What about young people, their first homes, because uh, they've gotten so expensive. I mean, yeah. kids that, uh, you know, they're, or young are buying $400,000 houses. I mean, I didn't have a $400,000 house for a long time. Uh, but it's, it's still better off than renting because it's so expensive to rent now. Oh, it is. No doubt about it. Vicki okay. Gandy, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, 901-412-2691 and com. Let there be water. We'll be back. <laughs> He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere. A radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This, this is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome back in, uh... Just a, a reminder that the Germantown Emergency um, Management Meeting is taking place uh, right now, and they should have results back from testing they did earlier in the day and should be getting a report out to us uh, before 4.30. So we'll be looking for that, uh, whether or not we'll be able to start flushing lines and life can return to normal uh, in Germantown after, oh, it'll be a week tomorrow when this all started with the water situation. So... We'll be looking for that, and also I want to alert you to an overturned car um, in the uh, right lane at the entrance ramp at uh, I-240 and uh, Poplar Avenue. So avoid that area if at all possible, because it's really backing up way back past Perkins, so uh, be aware of that. On the line with us right now is my good friend Bob Nay, former congressman from Ohio, a Republican, and um, how are you doing, Bob? I'm doing pretty good, Earl. How are you? I'm good. Uh, the reason I, I want to talk to you for a couple of things, just to get your reaction to this uh, Hunter Biden uh, breaking news. Uh, one, because uh, you uh, actually spent some time with uh, the federal uh, prison system, yep. because and, McCa- I, and I did a and I did a plea deal, and you did a plea deal, yep. and but it was over campaign uh, contribution violation, and uh, mm-hmm. which. Uh, you uh, you signed off on the, the trip you took, and uh, they came back and said you didn't do it right, and and you they said you can we'll drag this out till you're broke, or you can plead guilty and uh, go get it over with. Right. Well, Hunter, Hunter, I didn't fill out my forms correctly. Hunter didn't fill out his forms. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should have not filled out my forms. Well, he filled his out, but he lied. 
All right. Well, yeah, <laughs> there you go. So. Uh, did it surprise? Because I think everybody going to this thing. Well, this is going to get steamrolled, just like everything else that's happened to us with the Biden administration in the last two years. Whatever they want to do, they just do. And uh, something goes in another direction. They take it before another judge, and they say, "No, nah, we're not doing that. We're going to go with they, what they want to do." Today was a shocker to me, quite honestly. I thought they said it should be over in about 20 minutes. It went on for three hours. Well, here's what I thought potentially could happen. When I walked into federal court for my sentencing, the government stood up in court and said something to the effect Mr. Ney could have stalled this off, which had I stalled it off, my case was, uh, not my case, but my charge that I was charged under was found to somebody else, six to zero, unconstitutional by the Supreme Court. So had I stalled this thing off, they would have either had to have charged me or let me go for something else. Right. Now, having said that, I didn't do that. I went forward with, you know, with, with the plea, et cetera. And the judge said, and the, and the government stepped in court and said, he could have stalled this off. We fully support this. And the judge said, 18 months, well... 30 looks better. So the judge went from 18 to 30. Wow. Now, yeah, 18 to 30. Now, here's the thing. I had a plea deal 18 months, but, you know, judge upped it. That's judge's prerogative. What I thought was going to happen here, if any judge was worth their salt, this is what I thought would happen. But I thought what would happen is the judge would say, hey, you know, I'm going to to give you uh, a month. I'm going to give you two months, or I'm going to give you a house arrest for six months. A judge can do that. Yeah. You know? um, I thought that was going to happen. But what I didn't know, and this is really shocking, and I don't know, if I were the judge, I'd just be furious at what was brought uh, to me. But what they did is they mingled these, and they knew what they were doing. And this is where the media, if they are worth their salt, Earl, they are going to focus in on this. This plea deal, which I did not know how they crafted it together, I don't think anybody knew. I hope when they came out of that hotel room, they smoked good cigarettes. I hope so. The, the, the Department of Justice and Hunter Biden and his lawyers, because this was a this was a sweet deal, a motel deal. <laughs> That's what it was. It was a motel deal. And Earl, they combined charges so that the. In a case of, and I know this for a fact because I'm in recovery and I sponsor guys that are, have been to drug court. Right. He's, he's basically got a deference charge. And when that happens, you have to report to an authority. Then they monitor, have you been in recovery? Have you went to recovery meetings? Are you clean? Were you tested? Blah, blah, blah. That's how you do this to avoid the, the gun charge and the lying about the drugs. Now, what they did was they combined these so that He's like reporting to the judge, just just like in two years or whatever. Here I am, you know, I'm I, I'm I'm okay, and the judge even says that you know they they would not have the ability they wouldn't have, and this is what I think the lot was said behind the door for three hours. They don't have the ability to even prosecute him if he violates. Well, and that's what I understood that it gave him immunity from prosecution yeah. for anything yeah. else he does, or they find yeah. out about that he's already done. Exactly, it's like a it's like a proper agreement on steroids. Yeah, I I I, I was in shock. I nobody has reported that before this. Nobody has reported a, a sweet plea deal that you know. 
I, I would like to have had that deal. When I get out of when I got out of federal prison, I took that deal. When I got out, I'm never charged with anything ever again. If I am, it's dismissed. I'd love to have that deal. Well, and the, the judge said, you're not going to make me the arbiter of this, and that's what oh, you're trying to do, and you're trying to avoid pretrial uh, sentencing. And and, mm-hmm. and and as I understand it, while this while they're continuing this for up to, what, three three months or 90 days? Mm-hmm. Right. They, they, uh, he has to, at, at any time, he they can drug test him. He can't drink. He can't do drugs. He can't do any of anything like that. And if he does, uh, that's going to go on as, as additional charges. Is that is that the way you understand it? Yes, because they're going to have to make a new agreement. Otherwise, he has no particular monitoring. The judge can't do anything about it. Uh, and, you know. And here's here's the other thing. I I do want to throw this out here because I don't see this in the plea deal whatsoever. When you're in situations like this, with with the drug usage that he had, uh, when I came on out of federal prison and I had probation, I was not allowed to be in a bar, not even to be in one. Even if I was tested, I wasn't allowed to be in a bar. By the way, I was tested, and I, I can't remember, at least it was like 162 times I was tested after I got out on probation. Wow. Yes. Yes, did, 162 did, times. Does anybody think that Hunter Biden can be tested and not uh, show drugs or alcohol? Well, here's the other thing. When, when the Cleveland uh, Browns in Ohio had the quarterback, uh, Manziel, Manziel, well, Manziel. Manziel, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. He had a lot of problems, drug alcohol problems. I remember when somebody, uh, a spokesperson, came out and said, well, he's been in rehab for 30 days. Everything's cool. We'll bring him back. They were part and parcel parcel to enabling him by that kind of attitude. I've always believed that. Well, this is the same thing. Does Hunter Biden not have a family concerned about him? That you know, that, Does he not have lawyers that would have agreed for pretty rigid drug testing? I know a doctor got in trouble. I sponsored him. He had Earl five. He didn't get arrested. He, got, he had five years of testing. Five. Wow. So why is Hunter Biden why wasn't this even part of the deal? Who, does anybody really care about his recovery? You know, in his own family. I, I, that, I asked that in, at, in his family. Do they care about no. his recovery? Now, I don't you think can't so. make. You know the process. You can't make somebody you know stay sober, but you can also not enable them. To, well, but you to s- remain on. Did you see the video of him on the balcony of the White House on yeah. the Fourth of July? I mean. Yeah. Anybody that's ever been around drug users, you know exactly what he was doing. Sure. And just sure. the way he was acting, and, uh, you know. And, with, you know, is he being tested now as we speak? Well, that's supposedly, at, according to the pretrial, that uh, he can be tested at any time. And here's okay. the thing that I think they tried Has to run. Been? Uh, well, you they know? haven't reported know. it. He got into a car yeah. with Secret Service agents, and that's the reason I think he's staying at the White House, because they can't get to him. Uh, but the, uh, you know, he, uh, I, I was talking to somebody, uh, today and, and they have been to the white house a number of times and had top clearance, secret, uh, secret clearance. And you did when you were in, yes. uh, in Congress uh-huh. to get into where the president is into that inner office area. 
They search your car if you drive onto the grounds. Then they search you. They do the wand and everything else. And I don't know if they had drug-sniffing dogs then. They got a, a dog that'll bite you now, and it's called Joe's Dog. It bit 10 Secret Service agents uh-huh. for the last couple of months. Uh-huh. But, right. I mean, the fact that the, a, a bag of cocaine can get inside the White House into that restricted area, there's only one person that conceivably could get that in there, and that's Joe Biden. I mean, uh, Hunter well, Biden. Well, remember now, Joe had a had a valid excuse about the dog. He, he forgot it was his. <laughs> he didn't... Well, I, I did literally hear today that they said that uh, the dog, the reason the dog's biting everybody, she, he lives in a very stressful environment. Are you kidding me? Do you think the dog is stressed out because he's living in the White House? Um, here's one thing I do want to tell you, too, having been to the White House, and this is an interesting. I, I mean, I love how the media just doesn't dig in and do their homework. The um, the, the When you go to the White House, if you are a and I'm sure this is correct for the family, if you are a member of Congress, you walk up, they say, welcome, and then they open a side door, and you walk through. You can have an atomic bomb on you. You walk through that side door. Only certain people. Everybody else is searched. Everybody else is, is, you know, their cars. But if you're a member of Congress... You can open that door and walk right in with absolutely no search. So I guess I'm saying if you're a child of the president, it's <laughs> the same thing. Holds. You're, you're probably there. Uh, here's what The View had to say today. This is, a, once again, The View, my favorite TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their profound ignorance of the investigation of the Biden crime family. Here's this. I'm sorry. I'm. I, it's always. It's so different every day. I mean, you know, they're either freaking out about Barbie, or they're upset about you know uh, Budweiser beer and just Bud and Light. Just Bud Light. Bud Light. Okay. Now, Dang, we don't right. That's right. You don't want the out. wrong thing to get out. Yeah. But I mean, what 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 is what is really happening here? I mean, well, how much think- punishment does Biden need because he won? And they lost. Well, that's the problem. I, they yeah. keep seeing these indictments coming down from Trump, and they're like, "Hamana, hamana, what are we going to do? Let's turn it around and make it about him, about Biden instead. Take your eyes off of Trump, even though he's a criminal, and put your eyes on this guy instead." Yeah. You know the the amazing thing about this, Bob, is that they accused Trump of conspiring with the Ukrainians uh, for with criminal activity and being uh, and the Russians and probably taking bribes. Or, it, it, that's exactly what they were doing. And so and they impeached him over it. Yeah, impeached him over impeached him twice. I saw him interviewing Adam Schiff in the halls of Congress today, walked up to him and said, so what do you think about uh, the situation with Hunter and the way it came out? And he said, oh, he was talking about that, but also the fact that uh, now they're talking about possible impeachment of uh, Mallorca, uh, the Department of Human Resource, Human um, DHS, the guy that's in charge of the border. And then right. uh, and then the pot, they're talking now about impeaching Joe Biden. And uh, Adam Schiff goes, you know, you can impeach anybody. And it's obvious now that the, these these renegades are just out there uh, in total chaos, talk, throwing impeachment around like it's nothing. <laughs> this is a guy that impeached <laughs> the president of the United States twice over nothing. So 
It's uh, I think, and I saw, actually saw CNN reporting on it. And here's a here's a cut uh, from CNN right now. CNN reporting on Hunter's uh, team said a plea deal appears to be dead right off the table. So as we as I went back into the courtroom, the hearing had just begun again. The judge was back on the bench and she was pressing the prosecution on this investigation and the four corners of this plea agreement. One of the prosecutors said that the investigation was very much ongoing and that she asked him, well, what is not covered in this plea agreement if you are leaving the possibility for the reading other future charges? So then the judge said, would this include a possible Farad charge that's not registering as a foreign agent. The prosecutor said no, the deal would not include that. It was at that point that she had said to the prosecution, um, you know, if you were not good, if you can charge that, then what does this mean? And the prosecutors, actually, she asked Hunter Biden's attorneys about that, and he said, well, then there's no deal. And the prosecutor said, then there is no deal. So Biden's team said that the plea agreement, as far as they understood, it was now null and void. They were moving ahead to talk about what the next steps would be in this case. So as of right now, the deal appears to be dead and off the table. Uh, and it remains to be seen how they're going to move forward. But he has been charged with those two misdemeanor tax evasion charges. Uh, but one thing we learned is that this investigation is very much still ongoing. I think that it's interesting to put. I'm sorry. That says it all. His lawyers had it in this deal immunity from future prosecution. Right. And they had that's it including it, both of the uh, both of the things. We got we gotta take a real quick break here, Bob. Okay. I'm, 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 we've gone way over. So we'll be back with uh, Bob Day and talking about the Hunter Biden hearings today right after this. And welcome back. We got uh, Bob Nay on the phone from his home in Ohio, and uh, he's a former congressman from Ohio, a Republican congressman, uh, and uh, I-, I love it because he is always so uh, forthright and um, and just tells it like it is. Uh, he served some time at a federal prison for campaign uh, violations, uh, took a trip, and uh, didn't fill out the forms properly, but he did sign it, and then they went in and said, well, we're, I love the line that they, the prosecution used to your own attorney said, how long will it take before he runs out of money in trying to defend himself? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, that's, that tells you where they're coming from. They got no, there's no, there's no end to their money. Right. The, the, uh, they did it after the, after I made the plea deal and was sentenced, you know, my friends told me what happened because, you know, you can talk then. Yeah. And they said, you know, and my friend did the wrong statement to the justice department. He said, you don't know Bob Nay. He, he won't give up. And they're, <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, he will. Yeah, you know, I said, John, thank you. Yeah, we've heard you that know. before. And uh, it yeah. always comes down to a question of cash. And if they right. think. And you you ended up losing everything. I mean, a house, car, every every uh, everything I own went away. But you know, it happens. And I said at the time, my constituents lost their jobs when the coal mines and steel mills shut down. So mm-hmm. you know, they, they've been there too. You know, this deal though, um, the, the judge said she won't rubber stamp the deal. And and again, nobody in the media provided the details of this deal. No. If I have seen this a week ago. I would have said, you've got to be kidding me. Now, here's the White House's statement, uh, Jean-Pierre, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre. Uh, Hunter Biden is a private citizen. This is a personal matter for him. Is he living in the White House? Yep. You know? Yep. Is he, is He's he the president's president? son. Do you think? And, 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 and you know, he, they can say it all they want. <clears throat> here's one other thing. And um, tell me if I'm all wet. I mean, 
feel free. You know, you, you don't hold back anything. It, if I would have been in Hunter Biden's shoes, I honestly, at that point in time, would have said to my lawyers, let's do some kind of, you know, 30 days. Let's do, let's do 45 days. Let's do ankle bracelet for six months. Let's, you know, something, anything, you know, included is the deal. And then people couldn't have said that much. But he, anybody listening to your show, if they did the same thing Hunter Biden did, anybody, I don't care if they're the biggest Biden supporter, I don't care if they gave Biden a million bucks, anybody that did what Hunter Biden did would be at least minimum three years yeah. in federal lockup. But at see, least. But that, that is how arrogant they are and how elitist they are. As they said, yeah, I'm not doing any time, man. I'm, I, I'd have to stop doing drugs. Did you see his lawyer? smoking out of a bong two days before the hearing out of his apartment in L.A. I mean, it's just they were just saying, hey, look at this, and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. We're going to yeah. take, take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, get more reaction on the uh, Hunter Biden hearing today that did not go well for Hunter or his daddy. And thank you very much, and welcome back. We've got Bob Nay on the line from Ohio, former congressman from Ohio. And uh, we're talking about the Hunter Biden hearing today, which uh, ended in a non-agreement, a non-plea deal. Uh, he pled not guilty to two, um, I guess they're misdemeanor tax charges, which I can't understand how they're misdemeanors, number one, if uh, if either you or or Bob, you or I uh, had outstanding uh, income taxes to the tune of $100,000 or more, I would think that uh, that would be like a felony. Well, yeah, the other arrogance here, too, I don't know. Oh, yes, it would be a felony. Absolutely. I, I served time with people that were in there for felonies. Richard Hatch, yeah, like, uh, the first survivor winner yeah. in Morgantown Federal Corrections. He argued CBS owed the 300000 uh, they argued he did, and he did um, four years. I was in with the guy that was the manager of the grocery store. I talked about it on your show. Yeah. He smoked a joint 10 years before when he got his gun permit. 10 years, one joint. He did a year and a day. And they that, went back and interviewed people at 10 years later that uh, said they were at a party with him and saw him yes. smoke a joint, and he had yes. a gun permit. Yes, and that's how he got his year and 10 days. I think that... Hunter did a little bit more than one one um, you know doobie as we used to call him in college, <laughs> yes. and and, and uh, showing my age there. But here here here's the other thing. Here's the arrogance to this. Look at this scenario here, Earl, for a second. Okay, the judge was scrutinizing all the aspects of the plea deal, which a judge should do, right? Yeah. And and they're going back and forth. The lawyers recesses in and out of court, trying to trying to do another plea deal right there on the spot with the Justice Department. Now, it's said that a visibly agitated Hunter Biden spent much of the time shifting between sitting and standing, summoning members of his legal team to discuss developments. And across the room, I love this one, U.S. Attorney David Weiss appeared to share Hunter Biden's demeanor. He's agitated. You know, how dare a judge not say, no, not rubber stamp something? How how dare that judge do that? But their their very interaction in court agitated that the system doesn't do what they want. Yep. So I think that <clears throat> says it all. 
Well, and it it said Norika, the judge, also raised a hypothetical asking if Biden could face charges for failing to register as a foreign agent and whether the agreement blocks this prosecution for such a charge. The defense said they believed the agreement would prohibit him from being charged, and the prosecution then disagreed. Biden's lawyer, Christopher Clark, was overheard telling the prosecutor, then we'll just rip it up and likely reference to the plea deal while discussing the disagreement. In other words, if they're going to charge him with anything else ever, then they're not going to agree to the plea deal because that was the whole key to it. As you said, they were going to wrap everything to one big ball. He would be immune from prosecution for no matter what else they found. And he's clearly in violation of the uh, Fair Act, which is the uh, freedom of the federal uh, agent uh, registration registration and he never registered as a federal agent and that's all he's done is go to foreign countries and cut deals mm-hmm. and I, I just, again and I, I just love it that the all the democratic centers are well there's no proof where's the proof there's no proof are you kidding me they've got 20 uh, bank accounts that they've got hit out LLCs and uh, they've had millions coming into all these things. He distributed it out to nine members of the Biden family, but there's no evidence. Mm-hmm. And there's all these. And, and again, on the personal level with this thing, I, I sponsor people in recovery, as you know. I, I've been in recovery, it'd be 17 years in September. I've seen all aspects of recovery. I've worked with families in recovery for their loved ones. And you know what? The families. No family ever came to me, because the families will communicate with you. They never came to me and said, well, no, you know, geez, we hope he gets out of his, his, his prison deal, and he'll be okay. They say when, when he either serves his time or he doesn't, then, you know, how do we proceed with recovery for our loved one? Yeah. They all say that. I'm not hearing it. Not here. I, I haven't heard, that, you know, oh, it's my son. We love him. Yeah. Okay. And he's done yeah. nothing wrong. Yeah. You know, if you love him, then the whole concern should be his recovery process. How, you know, how's he going to stay sober? But, uh, but, but I think that is you know. part of the, what they consider their defense is Biden has a problem. Uh, you know, the, the, everybody has uh, somebody in their family that's got a drug problem. and We can't blame him for going out and, and uh, doing some drugs. But it's illegal what he did with the with his income taxes. He charged off. Uh, a membership in a sex club as a business expense. I mean, come on, man. Well, the other thing is if you get in your car and you are drunk and you run over somebody, you are going to pay a price for that. You know, you can't say, well, they're an alcoholic, you know, it happens. Well, you know what? They, yeah, they need they need to have recovery. They need to improve their lives. But also you pay a penalty for things. You do. when Whether you were... On drugs, you were drunk or whatever you do. If you do a certain, you know, crime, if you, you do gotta, something, you pay a penalty <laughs> for it. But the second part, though, and most important part, is your recovery. And yeah. again, this plea deal—they should be—they should be disbarred for getting him a plea deal that does nothing to try to, you know, improve his life when it comes to uh, recovery. But th- th- he would never agree to that. That's how arrogant he is. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, and- their arrogance in court of agitated, sitting up and down in the seats. They're lucky. If I was a judge, I'd be, I I think I would say, you know what? Bring me that deal back. I'm going to do some sentencing. 
And and she could. She could have said, sure. uh, given out the sentence, and of course they're going to appeal it, no matter what happens, because that's what they do, and then hope they get the, the judge of their choice next. Uh, but I do think that they need to get in pretrial services, need to drug test him immediately, and if he doesn't, he needs to be put in jail. Sure. Uh, I mean, everybody else would. I know when I was with the sheriff's office, uh, with random drug testing. They, you never knew. It could be, you could be uh, five days in a row, or it could be three months before, but you never knew. You just got to email that says report to uh, court today and uh, get uh, drug tested and when well, you call in on the you call in on the phone if your number comes up it'll tell you you're yellow or you're red or you're green today yeah whatever and and the thing about it amazed me was how many people in the sheriff's department would go out on a holiday and show back up and and they would test positive for drugs i'm going you gotta be kidding me man you were the sheriff's office you knew there was a possibility you could get drug tested and, and yet people would because everybody has to get tested, and whether you're uniform or non-uniform, a clerical, whatever, you work for the sheriff's office, you got to get drug tested. And it's uh, and and they they hit it on the head here because this isn't your normal uh, drug court deal, no. where you know you have a pretty strict reporting process. In fact, the judge questioned, "Well, they, you know, he comes back to me. It's not your normal deal. No. Nothing is normal about this. No, and it hasn't been since the very beginning, and." Uh, I did. I did find it very interesting that uh, at least CNN. I looked at uh, MSNBC. I, I didn't see any coverage there. It'll be interesting to see tonight on the five o'clock news if anybody starts covering it. Uh, but because and we've talked about this before, Bob. If you don't watch Fox or listen to talk radio, there are people in this country that have no idea what that the the Bidens are called the the Biden crime family. They go, what, what is all this talk about, and even the, the view, talking about that, and said, why they, yeah, they're not a crime family. Here's, here's MSNBC's headline, ready? Yeah. After the plea deal disagreement, Hunter Biden pleads not guilty. Disagreement. Yeah. It was very amiable. Yeah, because they're, they're trying to put some lipstick on this pig, and it's still wow. a pig, and uh, it's going to be, but... That's what they're going to do. They're going to put this as big a spin on it as possible. But what you're really seeing, I think, Bob, and you tell me if you agree, is that they're they're. I think the the Democratic establishment is saying Biden ain't going to cut it, and uh, his son is dragging him down. The charges are going to spread to Biden and the rest of his family, and there's not a thing they can do about it. Exactly, and and uh, also. Uh, I defended the president after he got elected. I was older when I served with him. You know, he was he's older now, and I, I defended him. But this stress of this position, I have never seen anybody begin to deteriorate so fast yeah. in my it, life. By the and, way, and that's what's happening to him. Yeah, by the way, Mitch McConnell had a uh, health crisis he, he, today. Yeah, he had a stop, and he blanked out, and, you know. They walked him back uh, to his office. It looked like the possibility of a stroke to me. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say who, because it was a private conversation I had in Europe with, but there was a member of Congress's wife, and she was sitting with my wife and I, and she was married to a, a I mean, a, yeah, a member of the Democratic House caucus. She was married to him, and she point blank said, one way or the other, I'm going to, I don't want him to die in office. I want us to enjoy our final decade of life. You know, mm-hmm. I remember this and, and we felt so bad for him because he, he wouldn't stop. No. And, you know, he was getting ill and stuff and she, she got him to stop. She got him to, to leave. 
But, you know, when you start to think about these things in relationships, I'm, I'm just wondering where the whole human side is to the to the whole Biden situation. I'm just I'm not seeing it. All right, listen, I'm not seeing it. You would think Jill would want him, Joe, to mm-hmm. have not run because uh, she knew where this was going, and to then say have him going to run again and look at he can't even make up the steps of Air Force One. They're having him come into a little trap door stairway. If he serves out these two years and gets elected and serves four more, there will be no twilight years no. for for the Bidens. No. If, if they have them, it's not going to be nice. No, I, well, I don't think he's going to make yeah. it personally. Bob, Nate, thank you very much for your thank insight, you. and it's thank always you. great talking to you, and uh, you enjoy okay. you enjoy your evening, and uh, we'll you talk too. again thank soon. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and wrap things up. And hey, welcome back. A little local news here. Uh, District Attorney Mulroy uh, calls out Mayor Strickland in a press conference after the uh, mayor said that Mulroy was done doing a very good job. Cut six. This is the third time that Mayor Strickland's email newsletter has criticized our office by m- creating a misleading portrayal. The first two times were with the Chase Harris matter. If you recall, he's the person that was alleged to have done the shooting at the UE's restaurant. Both emails on that case were materially misleading. I specifically asked for a correction to the second one, and Mayor Strickland refused. I want to emphasize, we don't condone. We don't condone. Now, here's the, the mayor responding to uh, Mulroy. Yeah, I responded to everything. The gun crime is not being taken seriously. What I wrote in my Friday email is 100% accurate. Now, he's adding other facts, but even if you assume every fact that he says is true, it does not excuse it. I also mentioned a case that was plea bargained out in December, where a man shot at a police officer three times. The police officer had to hide behind a tree. Thankfully, he was not hurt. man knew he was a police officer. police officer did not shoot his gun, and they gave that man probation no prison time well i think all this is coming down because a woman shot at a police officer here uh and uh shot at him five times and uh fifteen thousand dollar bond which you pay 10 percent of that to get out on bond and then uh, they just dropped the charges uh last week so uh i strickland keep stay after him man uh that's the problem with the entire country is criminals are not being held accountable and when you can do that, like the kid that the, works at the uh, Cheddar's who got his face beat in by some uh, people that came in and wanted to sit at one table. There were like 10 or 12 of them. They said, we can sit you at two tables. I can't get you in one table. And he walked them back, and the waitress was actually sat him. But they come back and beat him up. And uh, just he was unconscious when they got to the hospital. Mother took a picture of him laying on the floor. Those people need to be put in jail and for a long time. And if you don't do it, uh, then it's they think, well, why not? They get away with everything. Nobody's going to jail. And uh, believe me, that's where they need to be. And there, there's so many people, Mulroy including, said, no, we got to let these people out of jail. Let me tell you something. I was with the sheriff's office for almost four years. I was in the jail a lot. Those people need to be in jail. Uh 
I remember one day I was walking through the halls, and when you walk past them inside the jail, they get, you have to get into a brace with their back against the wall to let you go by and so that you're not in a position to assault you. And uh, I, you, know, you don't think about it because you say hi to everybody. At least I do. And I said, how you doing? He goes, I'm in jail, sir. I went, oh, yeah, there's that. That's where these people need to be in jail. And you talk to people that were in jail. You just heard Bob Knight talking about it. You know, all those people, that was a federal prison. In the jail here in Memphis, in a state jail, it's horrible. It should be horrible. There shouldn't be anything about it that you want to go back for. And I remember when they would become trustees, and they, there's a place where the sheriff's office uh, fills up all the cars, two places actually in town, uh, actually three, one in Arlington, one at the Shelby Farms, one downtown right across from St. Jude Hospital. And uh, they would have guys working at the one uh, by St. Jude, uh, trustees, and they'd you'd pull up and they'd fill up your car. And I'd say, so you're just about to get out? I'd say, yes, sir, about uh, you know three more days or two days. I said, you coming back? No, sir. I said, well, you better stay away from all your old friends because otherwise you'll be back. And that's what happens. And here's the thing I thought was kind of interesting. The White House condemned Fox News on Tuesday over remarks made by one of its top hosts about the Holocaust announcing the comments as a horrid, dangerous, and extreme lie that insults the memory of the millions of people who suffered from the evils committed by Adolf Hitler. The comments made by primetime host Greg Gutfield came during a discussion Monday on the 5 about Florida's new black history standards that requires instruction for students include how slaves develop skills, which in some instances would be applied for their personal benefit. Jessica Tarla, the liberal-leaning co-host on The Five, expressed disapproval of the new history standards and questioned whether the arguments used to defend them would ever be made in regard to the Holocaust. I'm not black, but I'm Jewish, Tarla said. Would someone say about the Holocaust, for instance, that there were some benefits for Jews, that while they were hanging out in concentration camps, they learned strong work ethic, that maybe you learned a new skill? Gutfield replied, asking Tarvald had read The Man's Search for Meaning, a best-selling book written by psychiatrist Victor Frank, who was in prison during the Holocaust, and described the atrocities committed in the concentration camps in his book. Frank detailed how people can cope with suffering and find meaning in the most horrific of circumstances. Uh, this is an argument that's never going to be settled. Uh, and I've often said that uh, slavery is horrible. It's horrible wherever it takes place. It's taking place in China now. But the American Indians were some of the leading slave owners because they captured other Indian tribes and turned them into slaves. So it wasn't all a black thing or in this country. It was all over the world. And it should be condemned. I'm out of time. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. I hope you join me, and we'll see you then. <laughs>